All right, welcome in. Good to have you with us. It is a Monday. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. They're always too short. Some good, some bad. OU basketball, bad, very bad. Sooner women, pretty good, pretty, pretty good. Bedlam win in Stillwater. The Thunder was down 23. They had their fifth largest comeback in Oklahoma City history as they went in double overtime, 135 to 127. We have the uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58 on tap, 5.30 on CBS this Sunday. Sooner softball starts up on Thursday. Two games on Thursday, that big game with Washington on Friday. Four total games in the Puerto Vallarta Classic. What's the uh, win streak at? 53 games, I think it is, for OU? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, um, I believe, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I think it was at 53 after the Florida State National Championship victory. The gears in my brain are currently spinning with the uh, grammatical quandary you just presented. You said the Thunder was down 23. Mm-hmm. And while I suppose that is correct, in my head, I really want to hear the Thunder were down 23. Like that, it works both ways, it does though, work doesn't both it? Ways. Because the Thunder is a collective unit, yet there are players who you could say that's a he's a thunder player i know it's almost like neither answer is correct but neither answer is incorrect yeah it feels like there's something wrong with both of them all right uh so sooner basketball tomorrow night against byu better get this victory then you have oklahoma state at home on saturday you need both of these victories that was ugly absolutely brutal on saturday we know that ucf's been a lot better at home took down kansas uh, Porter talked about they could block some shots, and the Knights certainly did. They had nine blocks in the game. Uh, JVL McCollum, two of ten, one of five from three. I Can't mean, happen. Yeah, it cannot happen. Milo Suzanne uh, struggled as well, two of eight from the floor. And I want to talk OU hoops here in a minute. But first, new commitment for the Sooners, Ryan Foger, offensive lineman. The Parker Thune breakdown is what? How about that, man? He's only played offensive line for one year. So this is still a guy that's viewed as something of a raw developmental project. Physically, it's all there, right? Six foot five, 275 pounds. Uh, you would imagine he'll be close to 300 by the time he steps on campus. This, this was not entirely unexpected. Talking to a few folks going into the visit this weekend, there was a thought that Okay, like this kid really likes OU. He may want to commit. The question was, and kind of the reason why you didn't hear a ton from me or anyone else about Ryan Foge is because the question was, do they take him this early? Because obviously he is far less of a can't-miss prospect than Lamont Rogers and Michael Vasusi, two guys that the Sooners are in good with, and two of the top five offensive tackles in the nation. And so with this being a smaller class – that was kind of the question that everybody had was if push comes to shove and Ryan Foje wants to commit this weekend, is Bill Beatenbow going to say, okay, come on with it? Or is he going to say, hey, glad you love OU. Uh, let's take things a little slower. Let's make sure that uh, you're confident in your decision and we'll loop back around during spring ball thereby opening the door a little bit wider or being able to create a little bit more pressure on Michael Fasusi and Lamont Rogers to say, hey, if you guys want to jump on board at Oklahoma, then great. But if they drag their feet at all, then maybe, you know, come April or May, you take Foje, lock him in. But in the end, Beatenbo clearly felt confident enough with Foje and his skill set and his upside that he decided, you know what, we're going to take this kid. It might be February, but we're going to take this kid's commitment. And from where I stand, Steely, I like that decision because 
especially if you've been following the recruitments of five-star offensive tackles in recent years, there's typically a lot of money thrown around. Mm-hmm. And yep. I I don't think Michael Fasusi and Lamont Rogers are the types of kids, nor are they from the types of families that are going to be easily swayed by the promise of money. But I've been wrong before in that regard, right? Like it's one thing, it's one thing in theory, it's another in practice when you're talking about enormous gobs of cash on the table for a kid and his family. So as far as this decision is concerned, to let Foje go ahead and commit to OU and become their 10th pledge of the 2025 cycle, again, I like it. You have two offensive line commits now. You still have room to take both Rodgers and Fasusi. But if one or both end up going elsewhere, you know that in Foje you have a high upside, high ceiling offensive tackle prospect that could play on either side realistically. PWO news, the Sooners get a ki- the kid from Bixby, right? Oh, yeah, Evan McClure. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he committed Friday, I think. Yep. Friday or Saturday. All right, and uh, there are future casts. There are crystal balls everywhere now for Jonah Williams, the uh, five-star linebacker slash safety, which equals Cheetah, if you do the math equation. Uh, the kid from Galveston ball that everybody in the country wants. And last Monday when you came in here, I came out of the production room, how did it go with Jonah Williams? And you just got a smile on your face and said, it's looking good. I said, well, what does that mean? Commitment soon? And you said, smile on your face. They're in a really good spot. Now, a bunch of people, this was last Monday, a bunch of people had put out their crystal balls and uh, C.J. Nixon, Brandon Drum, put one out, you know, future cast for C.J. Nixon over the weekend. Yep. But back to Jonah Williams, let's say that, Jonah Williams is in a situation where he's basically told Oklahoma, you know what, I think I want to come here. The quote-unquote silent commitments. If it it becomes non-silence, does that become problematic for OU? I think I know where you're going, but elaborate a little bit further for me. Just that sometimes, because we'd kind of heard this about David Stone and a couple other people in the past, right? They've been, well, they told OU they're coming. And I don't know, I've never liked the silent commitment, but we know that Skip Johnson also talked to Jonah Williams, likes Skip a lot, really likes Oklahoma. Some people think that he might be one of those silent commitments. To me, unless you're committed... You know, I don't even consider that. But, you know what I'm saying, if he did have that conversation with the OU staff, football and baseball, and now everybody in the world is saying, well, basically, this isn't a done deal, but it's pretty close. What does that do to the Sooner staff where the full court press comes from everybody else and maybe NIL money comes into play even more than it already has? Does it change the dynamic around Jonah Williams? It's... Gosh, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure <laughs> I have all of my thoughts collected such that I can address that in a way that's going to make sense to everybody. Um I want you to consider who the first prediction for Jonah Williams came from, Steely. Do you remember? No. A reporter from inside Texas. Oh, really? Yes. And as John and Blanchard says, uh, Williams is throwing shade at those predictions on X today. Exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing, folks. Jonah Williams is obviously a five-star prospect, 
at a position where five-star prospects do not abound. They are few and far between. Especially prospects of his genotype. Because, like, there's five-star safeties every now and then. Caleb Downs, Peyton Bowen, etc. None of them are six foot three, 210 pounds. I mean, we're talking about a unicorn here. Very rare. And so, when... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as delicately as possible, and hopefully people can catch my drift. When you're in a good spot for a player like this, sometimes it's better for a particular institution if those predictions don't fly and don't get blown up all over social media. Because... The second that other programs get the inclination or get the inkling that a kid is heavily leaning to one particular school, then what happens, Steely? It's almost a done deal here. What are we going to do? You know, there's a little bit. You shift your – maybe you become more aggressive. Maybe it's more NIL. Maybe it's, you know, an extra text, an extra phone call, whatever. And what else? Correct. You know, there's a little more pressure on the kid because – People think if it's not a done deal, it's pretty close. And on the contrary, if those predictions never fly in, Steely, do other programs have as strong of an inkling that that particular prospect is leaning hard to one school? Well, the answer naturally Mm -hmm. is no. Yeah. And so there may not be that same urgency as far as their recruiting efforts are concerned, as far as their NIL is concerned. And so, look, I will say, unambiguously, Oklahoma was and is in a really good spot for Jonah Williams. My concern is that all of these predictions coming in end up kicking the can a little further down the road and pushing the timeline back as to when he makes his decision. Because now that everybody and their second cousin knows that Oklahoma's in the driver's seat for Jonah Williams, and you're seeing predictions from insiders across multiple team sites, not just Oklahoma, but Texas, Texas A&M, et cetera, well, now you know, especially the more aggressive recruiters in the collegiate game, are seeing all that on their social media feed and saying, oh boy, We need to crank up the heat on Jonah Williams. Yeah, and the fact that Jonah Williams is, you know, clapping back on Twitter about all these predictions and basically saying, well, man, you know, it's not done or whatever, doesn't mean that Oklahoma's not still in a very good spot. He clearly had a great junior weekend the previous weekend at OU and really loves the staff and really likes the idea of playing for Skip Johnson. Oklahoma uh, is in a good spot, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that dynamic plays out. Maybe it does push it back. As the 918 said, David Stone threw shade at his crystal balls to Oklahoma as well, but ended up at Oklahoma. So the bottom line is Oklahoma's leading this race, but there's still some laps to be run in the race. Yes, and moral of the story, I guess, is you haven't seen a future cast from me, and it's not because Oklahoma isn't objectively in a really good spot. They are, but optics matter a lot when you are dealing with five-star prospects. All right, we're going to break right here. Speaking of five stars, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, they do great work, home comfort you can trust. They sponsor our first hour right here on Steel Man and Thune, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. 
Let's talk a little Sooner hoops. I am seeing that the latest poll came out. I expect the Sooners will drop out. They were one and one last week. We'll see about that. Hear from Porter Moser when we get back right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, back with you Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. It's going to be a busy week. Sooner Hoops tomorrow night against BYU. The ladies host TCU on Wednesday. The Thunder in action tomorrow night at Utah after that thrilling two-overtime victory over the uh, Raptors last night. Super Bowl 58 coming up this Sunday. And Patty Gasso... And her powerhouse team start the season Thursday with two games against Utah Valley, 10.30 a.m. And then it gets Duke, uh, 1 p.m. on Thursday. They play nationally ranked Washington, top 10 team, uh, coming up on Friday. And then one game with Long Beach State on Saturday in the Puerto Vallarta Challenge. With a 53-game winning streak, all of those games will be on Flow Softball, by the way. And, of course, on the Sooner Network. Isn't Flow Softball the the one that people hate? Don't they have major uh, beef with flow softball? Yeah, that one. I don't know what the coverage is going to look like this year, but a lot of it was pretty uh, amateur, you know. But if you really want to watch the Sooners, and a lot of people do, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people uh, tuned in on flow softball. And maybe they'll improve the uh, the broadcasts this year. All you have to do is listen to Chris Blank. He'll paint the picture for you. Blank does a great job. All right, um, Porter Moser. Here's what Porter Moser had to say with T. Rowe after the game. It was uh, it was not good in Orlando over the weekend. The Sooners really, according to Porter, didn't have it really on either offense or defense. That's exactly it. Um, on either end, we couldn't get any momentum. We, you know, we and I talked about getting. We tracked gaps mm-hmm. three stops in a row. When we have seven, we usually win. And we, you know, I think we had nine the other night. And we had three gaps. We could, I mean, that's, that's that's a season low. We couldn't get any. We couldn't stack stops. And then the same thing offensively. We couldn't stack good offensive possessions because we'd have a soft turnover, and they turned almost all our turnovers into baskets. And we, we talked about it too. You you have to have a high assist, low turnover against them. There's not a lot of one on one moves you can make because they're so long. We talked so much and worked so much about getting to the paint, and we had to be high assist, low turnovers, and we were the opposite. Um, we had 10 assists on the night. Our, our point guards had three total. at zero at halftime. And uh, we got to be better. You know, I thought we left a lot of points on the board. I thought we missed a handful of bunnies. That was an issue. But I, I really, um, we couldn't get any momentum defensively by get, by stacking stops. And we just, and we just could, same thing on the offense, man. There you go. Sooners, 37% from the field. They were 31% from three, 15 turnovers, UCF. We talked about their prowess inside, particularly on defense. They had nine blocks to Oklahoma's two. Latrey Darthard had 14, four of six from three for Oklahoma. Rivaldo Suarez continues to play pretty well, 11 points for Oklahoma, 10 points, 11 rebounds for Jalen Moore. But when you look at JV and McCollum, again, two of 10 from the floor, one of five from three. Milo's Uzan had five points, two of eight, one of three from the floor. Man, sometimes... When Oklahoma, well, a lot of times recently, particularly in Big 12 play against really good competition, and I'm not saying US, UCF is great. We know they're much better at home. They took down Kansas. They've got length and athleticism. But the uh, situation is Oklahoma can look really bogged down and really bad <laughs> in that half-card offense, man. They really can. Now, Kansas State, of course, was a little bit of a different story. 
you get out and uh, you turn them over a lot. You get out in the break, and they they made some plays in a half court offense as well. But man, it was kind of hard to watch Saturday. Not good. Now the question for Oklahoma: We talked about getting to eight wins. Yeah, they're four and five, midway point in the league. They have five home games. All right, you protect your home floor, you get to nine. Problem is, two of those home games are against Kansas and Houston, <laughs> the best two teams in the conference. KU yeah. beat beat the Cougs at the Fog over the weekend, but you know you. You can't afford, like, you need to get these two in the win column this week. You BYU's really good uh, at shooting the basketball. The kid Jackson Robinson from Ada is having a fantastic year. They can shoot the basketball, um, you know. And then you got Oklahoma State coming in Saturday. You've got to get these two in the win column, man, because you're not going to win both against Houston or Kansas. And what's maddening about this team, Steely, is they're not – consistent at no. all like it's a Jekyll and Hyde act you don't know which basketball team is going to show up and maybe that's just kind of the nature of the big 12 is that you can be on your game one night and completely off the rails the next but even so it's become like I understand I understand the frustration that OU fans are experiencing I think the uh, criticism of Porter Moser is overblown because this is still a team that's on track to make the tournament and again if you make the tournament I think this season is a success. But I certainly understand the frustration because this is a frustrating team to watch. We know how good they are capable of being. And yet, time after time, even in some of their wins, Steely, even in that 20-point domination of Kansas State or 21-point domination of Kansas State up at Bramlage Coliseum, there were the free-throw woes, right? And so I, I don't know how good this team is. It's really hard to gauge how good this team is because their best is amazing and their worst is disgusting, and you can see it in back-to-back games. Obviously, the reality of where they are as a program falls somewhere in the middle. I think they are a mid-tier team in the Big 12 Conference. I think that's good enough to make the tournament. But even so... I, th- there's no projecting like when they make the field of 68 they're going to be one of the most frustrating teams to project because again if they are playing their best basketball and they peak at the right time they are capable of hanging with anybody in the country we have seen this and yet if the shots aren't falling just like they weren't on Saturday when the Sooners aren't getting shots especially from the outside from their guards to fall they're not a deep enough, they're not a big enough, they're not a physical enough team to grind it out in the paint. And that's something you have to be able to do. There has to be multiple ways you can win a game. And the Sooners pretty much have a, uh, they've got one path to victory. You need to uh, defense creating offense, getting out in transition, uh, you know, because when they're in the half court, man, it can be like, oh, my gosh, this is brutal, absolutely brutal. All right, so both the AP and the coaches poll are, are now out. AP came out like five minutes ago. Sooners are not in either top 25. Keep in mind, a couple weeks ago, number 11 in the country. Oklahoma was up to number 11 in the country. I think they got as high as number nine in the country, but now outside the top 25. So, got to be BYU and Oklahoma State this week. Like I said, you've got five home games. Um, I didn't think that Oklahoma could run the table at home anyway, but I thought maybe they could get by with losing one or two. 
Well, they've already lost two, right, to Texas and Texas Tech. And you cannot slip up at home against teams. You know, BYU's, I think, 21st in the country this week. Not a bad basketball team. Came off a win over West Virginia over the weekend in Morgantown. But, um, you know, you because, like I said, there's no way this team's beating Kansas and Houston. And there may not be a way this team's beating either one of them at home, the way things are going right now. And, again, look, they, they won one of the two on the road last week. But the problem was the previous week you dropped two games at home. So what happens if they don't make the tournaments? If they don't make the tournament, Steely. Then is there a question about Porter if they don't make the tournament? Yes. yes there, there, I mean, is. there has to be. And, and I, I hate to say that because I love Porter. He's worked his ass off. But if they get all the way to ninth in the country and then they don't make the tournament, there's probably – After going 12 and probably, 1 in non-conference. Probably too. a conversation to be had, right? Yeah, no <clears> doubt. I think there has to be. And look, ultimately, in a world where that is the case and they wind up on the outside looking in in the field of 68, Joe Castiglione is someone I trust to make the right decision as it pertains to the future of this basketball program. But yes, those questions will be warranted at that point. That conversation will have merit. And I do think, again, Oklahoma still has an excellent shot to be in the tournament unless there's just a total collapse. But man, that that was pretty ugly again on Saturday on both ends of the floor. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We appreciate all of our great sponsors. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. By the way, Jesse Crittenden is going to join us at uh, just a couple minutes after 1 today. Porter is meeting the media uh, a little bit later on today, so needs to come on a little bit early. We'll talk uh, Sooner football, and we'll talk uh, some Sooner basketball as well. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. A national voice says we're on the dawn of another golden era of Texas Longhorn football. I'm not sure how much this voice counts. That's, that what, he, that's what he said. You'll hear it next. Back with you, Mike Steele, Parker Thune, here on a Monday edition of Steelman and Thune, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Get on out to Riverwind Casino today. Take that wild card with you. You can get the uh, cool Thunder Edition wild card as well out there. An elite wild card. You can upgrade your wild card. Play with your wild card today and then be there on Friday when they do the uh, drawings for the 80K Leap Into Love promotion. Win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play for every five points. On your wild card today, you get five times the entries today and tomorrow, Mondays and Tuesdays. And then you get uh, extra entries as well in the other days, but five times entries today and tomorrow out at Riverwind. They also have the first drawing in the 60K Cupid's Mad Dash promotion happening on Saturday. And you can get out there and win your share of $60,000 in cash and bonus play out at Riverwind Friday night and Saturday night. Next uh, show up at the Showplace Theater. Uh, That is going to be happening. Uh, with Scotty McCreary, Friday night, February 23rd in March, Jay Leno and Jim Gaffigan in April, Ryan Bingham and Kip Moore in May. They just added the Chelsea Handler Show, Friday, May 3rd. Brantley Gilbert also coming up on Friday, May 10th. Always great promotions, always a great chance to win. Sometimes they even give you the roadmap how to increase your odds, like playing with your wild card again today and tomorrow for the big uh, promotional drawings again on Fridays and Saturday nights. Always a great time to be had out at the one and only Riverwind Casino. 
Did you see any of the uh, Grammys last night? I did not see any of the Grammys. Did you see that Missouri Athletics received a $62 million anonymous donation this morning? $12 million of which has been set aside for NIL. We have got to get our forces to march on Columbia really soon. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? I just sent your whole day into a tailspin, didn't I? Missouri. They're the kid who went to the prep school with the rich parents now. With every advantage. Because they probably is a prep schooler, former prep schooler, who came up with the money, right? We all knew that kid, right? Like the short kid, the puny kid, the kid who had, who despite his stature, had limitless confidence because he had rich parents. Oh, yeah. Could buy his way out of anything. You know what I'm saying? So, Missouri. Oh, my gosh. They're killing me. All right. Texas sports unfiltered. I'm not sure what this uh, – this is a this is a soundbite. They had an interview with Matt Berry of ESPN. He also does, you know, the uh, Q&A with Paul Feinbaum every weekend after the college football weekend, right? After all the games are played. Yes. Well, he came on Texas Sports Unfiltered and said the Longhorns are very much on their way back. Oh, boy. I think Texas is headed to a spot where they just had to believe recruits, college football, and and the public had to believe that Sark could get it done at Texas. They needed proof that someone could get it done again at Texas. The proof is there. I think you were going into another golden era of Texas football. I think you're going to enter a window of dominance for the Texas Longhorns. First, the Missouri news, then that soundbite. Of course. I don't, Why? I don't believe it yet. Now, clearly, Texas had a really good year, but Oklahoma beat them, right? And Steve Sarkeesian, one out of three good years so far, right? Yeah, one out. So you go one five and seven, you go eight and five, and then you make the college football playoff, and suddenly we're on the doorstep of a golden era of Texas Longhorns football. Look, that's a pretty boy TV anchor. You know, coming on a Texas podcast, and I don't know. Look, Sark did a nice job last year. I do think the Texas culture is better than it has been in a long time since Mac was kind of, you know, doing a nice job there. I know that Bob Stoops kind of owned Mac Brown in many ways, but I still have to see a bigger sample size. One out of three seasons doesn't do it for me. Now, here's the other thing, though. With the portal and money being a bigger factor than it's ever been in college football by far, even though we knew behind the scenes there was some money being exchanged in college football before all of this stuff, you know, Texas lost their basically their whole wide receiving core, right? Yeah. But guess what? Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. More receivers coming to the University of Texas. Chapstick asks a good question, which is, when was the first golden era of Texas football? I don't know. Maybe the Daryl Royal days back, you know, in the 60s. Maybe. I guess. A listener in the 940 says, E-Spin playing to its Texas fan base. It's a lot of money and clicks down here. You know, and that is pretty much the sad reality of everything now. You have to think, man, does that guy really believe that or is that just for clicks? Now, there are some clowns out there that you know exactly what they're going for. Exactly. They have no shame at all. They'll sell their soul 
just to get the clicks. David Stone's a three-star. Yeah, stuff like that. And the, and the sad part of that is a lot of these people know it's complete BS, but they don't care because they have no soul. Their whole livelihood is wrapped up in how much, how many clicks and how many views am I going to get every day? It's Kids, the cowherd model. You, yeah, it's, it's a very sad existence. Although I did kind of like uh, his opinion on the whole Taylor Swift yeah, look, Cow- Travis Kelsey. Cowherd deal. is really sharp. He understands what he's doing, and he's also not ignorant about it. He can put a take out there, and he can defend it, and defend it well, and defend it logically and rhetorically. But I guarantee you, Cowherd doesn't believe at least sixty to seventy percent of the stuff he says. He yeah. just knows what's going to sell. He does, and uh, but some of these clowns—it's just ridiculous. All right, this means Steely's got to give $69 million to OU Athletics. Fight fire with fire. That regional radio could, star hey, fortune you needs know what to I be. could do? I could throw in some gift cards, maybe. Some gift cards. Hey, we got an alum out there, 86 graduate. He's got some Hal Smith gift cards. Hal Smith's really good restaurants, uh, the best in the area. He's throwing in five gift cards. Would that work? For me, it would. Yeah. For the typical recruit, <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, let's play one more clip to combat that, by the way. Because Josh Pate, on Late Kick, on his uh, show yesterday, there was, a, uh, there was a guy that texted him or sent a message in from Oklahoma said, do you think Brent, Vil- ben- uh, Brent, Venues. Brent Venables <laughs> and OU is being undervalued? You saw... Did he put out the uh, give me your top five? Who put out the give me your top five SEC teams moving forward over the next five to ten years? And a lot of those did not include Oklahoma. Now, again, these were a bunch of morons sending in the responses. Sure. But uh, it's kind of like people think, well, Oklahoma went six and seven two years ago, which shouldn't happen, but uh, they're never going to be Oklahoma again, which I think is ridiculous. Here's what Josh Pate said. When, again, he was asked if Brent Venables is being undervalued at Oklahoma. You know what? He may be right on this. So first off, I need you to tell me what is the value? What is the defined value? If he's undervalued, what is the value? And the best I can tell, people may still be sleeping on Brent Venables. So it's a whole new year this year. They go into the SEC. Let's test the theory. Don said he's recruiting better than Lincoln Riley. Is he? Yes, he is. So check mark number one. They recruited in like the the 10 to 15 range on average under Lincoln Riley, they're now in the 5 to 10 range annually under Brenton Venables. And they've got top portal classes each of the past two cycles. So, yes, they're acquiring talent at a better clip. Did he stabilize the program? Absolutely. Massive check mark. yes there. I mean, they went, they went what, 6 and 7 was it in the first year? And they went 10 and 3 this past year. They got blanked 49 to nothing against Texas two years ago and beat them this past year. We were there. We saw it happen. So, yes, you're right about that. Jackson Arnold, the quarterback, comes in this year to start. He played in the bowl game. They got a ton returning on defense. Yes, check, check. All that's true. Yeah, he may be being slept on. And you know good and well Texas is going to take up a lot more oxygen in the room than Oklahoma is when they first walk in because of what Texas just did. And, and there'll be sky-high expectations for the Longhorns. Maybe there should be a little higher expectation. 
I've got questions about their O-line. They're replacing both coordinators. They're 17th in the overall playoff odds to win the whole thing. Like I said with FanDuel, though, if you're looking at that odds market and you think you got a read on Oklahoma and you think maybe that offensive line situation is not as bad as it's being made out to be, well, go bet them. Overall, just speaking long-term, bigger picture, you may be right. Maybe Brent Venables is being slept on a little bit. There you go. All right, let's talk more about that when we get back, all right? 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, uh, 405-651-3439. From the 402, come on, Steely, start shelling out (laughs) V-Bucks. I don't know if Fortnite V-Bucks would be the thing that would sway recruits, you know. Probably not. I mean, I can I'll give away some V-Bucks today, but I don't know if that would have made any big difference in, like, the Williams-Winary deal. Yeah, that right. window probably closed about five years ago. There was a time yeah, where yeah. V-Bucks might have been Absolutely. a massive incentive. <laughs> it was before the NIL era, though. That's true. All right. Easy way to end it. Stop engaging with the trolls. I agree with that. The problem is people don't have the self-discipline to do that. Because we are in a stage in our world right now where the MQ, the moron quotient, is larger than it's ever been. 83.6% of people are morons, so they can't, they can't not do it, you know. Stay with us. We're coming right back. All right, we are back. Monday edition, Steel Man and Thune, hour number one, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Have you ever had your money for nothing and your chicks for free? Isn't that the life we all aspire to? They don't use chicks anymore, though. They, do they? No, no, they don't. <laughs> for me, it was always like beer and chicks, man. Beer and chicks. You know, it was crazy. Beer and chicks, that was pretty much... Your weekend plans back in the day, but you didn't get your beer for free. And in some cases, well, you never really get chicks for free or ladies for free. And I'm not talking about the professionals. I'm just talking about ladies cost money. Dinners, rings, clothing. You you don't. Who gets their chicks for free? Nobody. Rebecca cost you, right? How much does Rebecca cost you? I mean... I don't necessarily know. I I don't have a ballpark figure because I don't really pay attention. I'm like, I'm better off not knowing. You You know what? You're digging a hole right now. I'm sorry. I should not. Because you got a major league prospect, and that means you have to spend more NIL dollars. I did. I could say whatever I want right here because she's in Guam right now, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't listen to this show anyway. You didn't get her for free, though, did you? No. Okay. No. I'm just saying. It's not free. It's rare that you get your money for nothing, unless you're like, a, you know, you have a trust fund or something like that. I guess that's how you can get money for nothing. I've always wanted to get money for nothing, but it hasn't worked out for me. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Jay in Tulsa says, serious question, guys. What are Josh Pate's credentials that make his opinion anything of value? You can answer that better than I can. My, I guess my question is, what credentials would you want from him in order to make his opinion of value? Did the because, guy ever play a down of football in his life? Yes. 
Where? Not collegiately, not professionally. High school, please. I mean, let me tell you. Yeah. Jed Fish is the head coach at the University of Washington. I don't think he ever played a down of football in his life. Mike Leach? Mike Leach certainly took a very, very unique path. Man, I but miss Mike Leach. Look, Josh Pate's credentials are, well, I mean, he's the national face and voice of CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports college football coverage. I mean, I look, I know Josh Pate personally, worked with him for years. And he is one of the most sensible individuals I have ever been around in an industry that is dominated by hot take artists. Mm -hmm. He, I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. You know, but you know, it's it's just an opinion. But it's an opinion that a lot of people pay attention to. Exactly. In this day and age, he just start. Who gave him his start? Was it Cowherd? Pate? No. Who no, he the, worked uh, his way up. Um, who was the guy that Cowherd had his network that he gave a show to? Oh, you're, you're thinking of uh, J-Boy. Oh, that's yeah. who it was. <laughs> Difference. Yeah, that, no, that's There's not a little Pate. bit of a difference. All right. Yeah. I'm old and confused, man. Take me back to the rest home at the top of the hour. Yeah. Be I careful, guess- guys. Be very careful in this conversation. Were we... Were we uh, yeah, Steely, what are your credentials that make your opinion anything about I you? won many electric football games. Exactly. I played some football to the high school level, didn't play basketball. I didn't – I don't have any except EA Sports College football. I was really good at that because I would turn down all the other teams' ratings and turn mine way up, so it was kind of cheating. Oh, wow, so you manipulated Oh, yeah. Wow. And uh, That's very mule John Madden football. I mean, everybody can have an opinion. You don't have to agree with it. That's why I think, like, Matt Berry. And sometimes people will cater their opinions or, I don't know, maybe, what's the word I'm looking for? Change their opinion or massage their opinions so it plays better with the audience of the show that they're on, right? No doubt. I'm not saying that he's lying. He may think that about Texas football. But to me, I don't know. I've got to see more to say it's some golden era. Jesse in Iowa says, so Jonah Williams, what's up there? Seemed like the floodgates opened up for crystal balls and future cast this weekend. But his tweet today made it seem like he's not close to committing. Uh, There's a lot there. We spent five minutes on this in the first segment. Yeah, and there's probably at least another five minutes to spend on it. However, we're running up against – our top-of-the-hour break, so we don't have five minutes to spend on it right this second. It is something we can revisit next hour because it is an intricate, very nuanced conversation that I I think is – obviously not every Sooner fan is listening to this show right now, but for those that are, I think it will enlighten them as to how the recruiting game works behind the scenes – and how future casts and crystal balls and RPM predictions and, I don't know, pick your label on one of those uh, prognostications, how those can somehow do more harm than good. Yeah, and even though you saw Jonah Williams kind of come back and strike back, I don't know if that's the right way to, to phrase it, but it's some of those tweets and predictions that doesn't mean that Oklahoma is still not in a really good spot and is leading on Jonah Williams right now. 
correct? Oklahoma does lead for Jonah Williams right now by a sizable margin. But as we said, if we're uh, if this was a NASCAR race, there are what ten laps left or something, and Oklahoma's running the front of the pack. Jesse and Iowa. So, or no, I'm sorry, this comes from Big Rich and OKC, not Jesse and Iowa. Jesse, we'll get to your text on the other side. Big Rich and OKC says, first of all, Steely is old and brilliant and a Sooner. Qualifications are gold. There you go, Big Rich. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Chapstick says the kid has a chance to be paid for visits. That's what's up. Eh, might be some merit to that, Chapstick. Might be some merit to that. Chapstick's pretty uh, pretty good, isn't he? When we put Chapstick, we have to see the log of the tweets, but I think that Chapstick has become one of the more intelligent, reasonable texters out there. Now, maybe we should look at the log and see if there was anything else. But he seems to be working his way. Five-star status yet? We'll see. All right. Get out to Riverwind today. Play with your uh, wild card. Make sure you get... Five times the entries or more for the 80K Leap Into Love promotion happening Friday night. We've got the hot seat drawings in the 60K Cupid's Mad Dash coming up on Saturday. When we get back, Jesse Crittenden will join us. We'll talk more recruiting in the 120 segment. Jesse, up next here on The Ref. We'll be talking to Jesse Crittenden here in a minute, too. One o'clock hour, Steelman and Thune right here, brought to you by Black Thunder Roofing, locally owned and operated in Norman and Edmond, blackthunderroofing.com. Phone number 405-473-8028. That is 405-473-8028. They also serve Shawnee, Yukon, and Mustang. Black Thunder Roofing is your local roofer. Angie's List Super Service Award winner. Four different times, Black Thunder Roofing can do it all. A one-stop shop for customers looking for one contractor blackthunderroofing.com all right do we have our man jesse critton on the line we do indeed riverwind casino hotline jesse i appreciate it i know you've got uh, porter's media availability coming up here in a little bit um we were just thinking midway through the uh, big 12 season the sooners are four and five and no doubt improved no question. Porter's worked his butt off, you know, coaching these guys up, getting some pretty good players, prospects in the portal, trying to get fans into the LNC. He's done, you know, he's really worked, worked, worked hard. First two years didn't work out. It certainly worked out better this year. But let's say Oklahoma, you know, we, we've talked about they have five home games left. you got to win these two this week because you still have Kansas and Houston coming to the LNC. They're not winning both of those. I wouldn't think, and may not win either one of them. Can they? Yes. But let's say Oklahoma, which was as high as number nine in the country, they're out of the top 25 this week with that woeful performance against UCF on Saturday. If the Sooners somehow go from that you know, status, nine in the country at one point, and somehow don't make the tournaments, how serious of a conversation do you think Joe C. would be having with Porter? That would be three years. Yeah, I think it's it's really tough. I mean, it, it's it's something you can't ignore. It is not an unreasonable question to to think about what the future of the program could look like. But again, that's you know you have the SEC move in the future. You know, it's it's coming right around the corner. It's it's 
it's barely six months away. It, it that that makes everything you know that's going to be such a big transition. We think about it in terms of football, but it's going to be a big transition for basketball, softball, you know, for everything. I think that makes it hard too. And you're right that there's no doubt that that Porter has pulled has put so much effort into into building this program up, and they they are better this year. But that loss on Saturday to UCF, a game they never led, underscores again what this team is struggling with, and it's consist it's consistency. And look, they they've already surpassed last year's win total. They are still in a good position. You win both games this week, and you are right; they're both must win games. You win both games this week, you feel pretty good. If you don't, then yeah, you start to wonder about what what the rest of the season could unfold. You you still have Kansas, you still have Houston, you still have Baylor. You I mean, you still have to go. Um, you still have Iowa State. I mean, there, there's still some really tough games on the schedule. So that to me, I, I think there's big picture things to think about. But I think you start with this week. Both of these games against BYU and Oklahoma State are must-win games. You got to win them both at home. If you do that, you feel pretty good. If you don't, I think you start to worry a little bit about what the rest of the the future holds. Maybe this is an impossible question, Jesse, but how how good do you think this team actually is? Because when they've been at their best, for instance, they've hung with Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. They've beaten ranked opponents. They've put the hurt on Arkansas and Eric Musselman, right? But at their worst, I mean, calling that game at UCF this past Saturday a clunker is too generous. Obviously, they're somewhere in between in terms of where they fall as far as overall talent level and ability. But how good do you think they actually are? Where is that uh, ballpark to you? It's it's a really good question because I mean I think if you look at the metrics I mean one they're they're four and five in conference play and in since conference play began they're seventh in the Big Twelve in offense they're seventh in the Big Twelve in defense by a lot in a, by most standards they are a middle of the pack average Big Twelve team I think the thing that makes it infuriating is is the thing that you just alluded to that when at their best they look good I mean that Iowa State win. Uh, to start conference play continues to look better and better as Iowa State continues to win games. You're right. I mean, that game at Kansas uh, was, I mean, they looked pretty good for stretches of that game. They should have beaten Texas Tech at home uh, a couple of weeks ago. I I think they've had basically every type of game uh, imaginable in conference play. They've had impressive wins. They've had understandable hard-fought losses. They've had a gut-wrenching loss, and then they've had performances really against Texas and UCF that are just they're head scratchers. They're they're hard to understand. They're uh, you know Texas at the second half collapse, and UCF they just didn't look like they had it from the jump. So I think by most metrics they are an, they are a run of the mill, middle of the pack Big Twelve team that that should make the tournament. But I think the thing that's going to define them the rest of the year is that consistency can they find a way to avoid the performances like they had on Saturday if they can do that they should be able to close out their season fairly strong and make the tournament it but that consistency is the thing that's holding them back but through nine games they're better than they were last year but they're they're not quite at the top of the big 12 that's that's for sure Jesse uh, Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline Jesse in Iowa uh, we will get to your uh, more you know, that you want to hear on Jonah Williams in the next segment, by the way. I know you're still hanging out there. All right. Uh, how about Baker Mayfield? 
And look, it's flag football. I get it. It's the Pro Bowl games, but it's been a bounce back year for Baker. But he wins the precision passing contest and the offensive MVP. Now, some people on social media were overreacting, I think, a little bit to the fact that that's an interference. You know, it's a freaking flag football game at the Pro Bowl. But, hey, somebody's got to win MVP in the precision passing contest. Why not Baker Mayfield, right? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this has kind of been the year year of Baker Mayfield, right? And, yeah, I think I think those Pro Bowl games, like you said, I mean, yeah, they, they made a, a conscious effort to, to have a little bit more fun for it to be a little bit less serious this year. But I, I think all of – I mean, winning both of those awards – I think is it's looking about it's looking at the broad bigger picture for Baker Mayfield, which is this is a guy that not even a year ago we were wondering is there a future in the league for for Baker Mayfield that that was a legitimate, absolutely legitimate question, and now with with leading the Bucks um, to the playoffs, leading or leading them to a playoff victory, and 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 showing out at the Pro Bowl games, I mean the future looks bright for Baker Mayfield. Who would have thought? that taking him out of the most poorly run, dysfunctional, not only franchise, but dysfunctional situation, you put him in a stable environment, turns out he's a pretty decent quarterback. And I think that's been the bigger takeaway of, of yesterday. That's been the bigger takeaway for this year for Baker Mayfield. And, and, I, and I think the future is, is long and bright for him. I think he's proven he belongs in the league, and, and I think it's going to be exciting to see you know, what happens from here on out. Jesse, what would this segment be without a Cowboys question for you? Has there ever been a lamer duck than Mike McCarthy heading into the year 2024? Why do you have to hurt me like that? I'm trying trying to move on. Look, softball availability is tonight. There's stuff to look forward to. Yeah, no, I've said – I've said that – I mean, Mike McCarthy is the the easiest bet for an in-season fire – you could ever possibly have next year. Um, and I, I'll save you both and, and the listeners from a long rant of the Dallas Cowboys, but if we're content to, to be a decent regular season team that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do anything in the playoffs, we should just continue to save the course as we have been, and that's what we appear to be doing. But, yeah, I, I think Mike McCarthy, you get off to a 3-3 a three and three start next year, you know, 3-4, and 2-3, yeah, e- easiest bet in the world for an in-season fire. It's, it's, it's no question. Well, the good news for Mike McCarthy, if he does get fired, he can always be a time management consultant. He's uh, very good in that area, Mike McCarthy. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. We'll get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line in the next segment. All right, uh, before we let you go, most important thing – that needs to happen for Sooner football in the off season in the spring. If you had, you can. If you want to extend it out to like three things, what are you looking at? What do they have to get done in the off season? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think they've started. They've started on that process, which is is building out building out that offensive line room. They have started that with what they've done in the transfer portal. But to me, this. This entire offseason is about development. It's about skill development because I think there is real talent on this roster um, that still hasn't been fully realized. I think that starts on the offensive line. That's the biggest question moving forward. OU does have some pieces now 
Um, thanks to the transfer portal, they've got some young guys they're excited about, but there's still a long path to go in terms of getting them SEC ready. So I think for me, I mean, there's a lot of things you could look at. I mean, I think, you know, the defensive line, particularly defensive end, can you, you know, can you get R. Mason Thomas and P.J. Adibara, you know, developed, you know, that, that, that secondary room with guys like Josiah Wagner, Macari Vickers, can you get them developed? Um, I, I think for me, it, the, this whole offseason, the theme that's going to, you know, the thing that's going to define it is, is development. Can OU get the talent, uh, particularly the younger talent, on its roster? Can they get it developed to the point where it's SEC ready? And there's, I think you can look at every position group there. But to me, it starts on the offensive line. And then the other thing is getting Jackson Arnold ready and fully comfortable. You, we know he's the number one guy. We've known since before the Arnold Bowl. But now you've got an offseason. You've got the spring. You've got summer workouts and fall camp to get him ready to be the number one guy. Can you know? Can this new – can Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley and this coaching staff, can they get him ready to for his first season – uh, not only as a starting quarterback, but his first season in the SEC. So I think, again, development and, and getting Jackson Arnold ready are the two things I'm looking at most. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of Jesse Crittenden. Joining us every Monday, does a great job for OU Insider. Jesse, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us. And uh, Parker, one coming, uh, man, at two Brute, came with the Mike McCarthy <laughs> dagger right, at, right into to. the back there. How about that? I was impressed, actually. All right, Reno Goat. Steelman, do you remember the days of the fax line instead of the text line for Reno? Yes, I do remember the fax. I remember one that day. That was an actual thing? There was yes. a fax line? Well, I uh, we uh, one day I can still remember at the old Sports Talk 1340, way back in the day, we asked for text on our text line to give us, you know, movie ideas for what movie, what would the name of the title what would the title be for the Sooner season under Howard Schnellenberger as it was, was going down? And I think the winner was Pipe Fiction, which was pretty good. But they all came in via, via text. I remember they brought me here and knocked around the loose bone. All right, we got a break right here. Thanks again to Black Thunder Roofing for sponsoring our number two here on Steel Man and Thune, blackthunderroofing.com, 405-473-8028. Coming back, and we need to hear what uh, Jason Kelsey said about Baker Mayfield. And then we'll head back to the text line next here on The Ref. You know, as we age, cataract surgery is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just about restoring your eyesight. That's very important, of course. But it's about upgrading the quality of your life. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one crucial decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. I mean, it's like a big column, fourth and one. The choice between a standard lens, which many times requires you to rely on glasses for reading, or a premium lens. Consider panoptics, vividity, or a light-adjustable lens. The leading choices that can provide crystal clear vision and freedom from those reading glasses. So if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. With uh, my friends over at the uh, ALC, Dr. Bellardo and company, they are awesome. They are really, 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 really good. 405-651-3439. So uh, are you paused on uh, Better Call Saul right now? Are you guys like We are paused. We got through season three Mm -hmm. and watched the first episode of season four. So Charles is recently deceased. Okay. 
Yeah. It's really good. Pretty, pretty good. I'm having a great time with it. Some it's people thought show. it was as good or better than Breaking Bad. Man, I, I, I I'm would have lean, to get through the whole show before I make that judgment. Mm-hmm. But I would lean a little bit Breaking Bad. But it, there's a conversation. There, there is definitely. a conversation, and more of a conversation than I thought there would be because any, generally, any sequel doesn't live up to the original, and a, across the board, no prequel. Leaves up to the or lives up to the original. So I had relatively low expectations, or I should say, tempered expectations. Uh, it has drastically exceeded my expectations so far. Big fan go. of Better Call Saul. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's so I know it. Jesse in Iowa has been waiting to get his question yes. answered. Here you go, Jesse. So Jonah Williams, what's up there? Seemed like the floodgates opened up for Crystal Balls and Future Cast this weekend. But his tweet today makes it seem like he's not close to committing. So we discussed this at the top of the 12 o'clock hour. And I first want to draw everyone's attention to who the first prediction came from. It was not an OU reporter. It was not a national reporter. It was a Texas insider who works for the... (laughs) Never mind. I'm not going to say what I... He works for Inside Texas. All right. It wasn't like Nash Talks Texas or anything. The insult guys. He works for Inside Texas, the same organization that employs Ian Boyd to write fan fiction. Oh, okay. Well, oh, well yes. maybe it is. So, I I want you to have that as backdrop for what I'm about to explain. As I touched on in the first hour, Jonah Williams is a premium player at a position where five stars are few and far between, especially five stars of his genotype, i.e. a six foot three, 210-pound safety, as opposed to your typical 5'11", six-foot dude like Peyton Bow and Caleb Downs, who are good players, obviously, not taking anything away from them. But Jonah Williams is just a little bit different. He is quite literally built different. And so when you're dealing with a player of that caliber, and you see a wave of predictions start to flow in for one particular school, the message that that sends to every other school is, oh, boy, we got to step it up. We got to loosen the purse strings a little bit. We got to sweeten our NIL deal. We got to step up our recruiting efforts overall, try to build better relationships with this kid and his family and his coaches. Like, this is... This is where we separate ourselves from the rest of the crowd. We need to take this seriously. Whereas, if those predictions never drop, you don't have that same sense of urgency from other programs, and Oklahoma can continue to kind of maintain a low profile in their pursuit of Jonah Williams such that one day, if he just up and decides, all right, it's time for me to go ahead and commit, nobody has an inkling that it's coming, And that works out nicely for Oklahoma because no other school has an opportunity to slow him down. And that is my concern going forward. And that's part of the reason why, despite all of the things I've said in the past about Oklahoma being in very, very good position for Jonah Williams, you haven't seen a prediction from me or from my colleague Brandon Drum. It's because the second that prediction gets aggregated and blown up on social media, I mean, it's everywhere. And everybody sees it. And... From what I have explained, hopefully folks can see that there is potential for that to have negative ramifications 
as far as Oklahoma is concerned. And there was another listener back in the first hour that says, uh, can you say Williams Winery? Yeah, I'll be honest. I was the first person to put in a prediction for Williams Winery to Oklahoma. Over the next few few months, pretty much the entire industry followed suit. I mean, everybody was dropping OU predictions for Williams Winery. If I had it over, I probably wouldn't have made that prediction. And I know we're going to get at least a few people on the text line and say, well, you're supposed to be impartial. How, you're not, you don't work for OU, which is true, right? But my reporting never differs. What I say behind the paywall remains consistent, and uh, it remains accurate to what I believe is actually happening behind the scenes in the recruitment. But as far as a prediction on record mm-hmm. is concerned, I, I can say behind a paywall, and I have, that Look, I think OU gets Jonah Williams. I think Oklahoma ends up with his commitment. But it's another thing to drop the crystal ball because, look, I, and I'm not necessarily saying the crystal ball gets out there a lot more, is what you're saying. Yes. Because you don't have to pay saying, for that. I'm not necessarily saying that wave of predictions is the reason why Williams Winery ended up at Missouri instead of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is. Seeing the entire industry swing in Oklahoma's favor for Williams Winery probably incentivized Eli Drinkwitz and his staff to turn up the heat a little bit more. Well, and not only that, all these wannabe insiders, you know, the phonies, because you can fool people now into insider status. I mean, not all of them, but you can fool a lot of them into insider status. And some of these people are so starved for anything OU. They have nothing going on in their lives, so all they do is update Twitter, boom, you know, just everything. They probably get a million notifications on. And then once the other jackweeds get a hold of it and they start (laughs) tweeting it out, then it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It gets way out of control. Yeah, and look, bottom line is everybody still thinks that Jonah Williams, oh, he's in a good spot there. But as we said before, the race hasn't totally been run yet. What is though you have a one-lap lead like a Daytona with 10 to go? What do you think? That's probably a good depiction of where Oak The problem is Oklahoma. when you get into a pit stop, the other crews can start throwing money at you. Correct. Missouri, and, freaking Missouri, uh-huh. needs to be run off the road and right into the wall. Yeah. And their and car course, needs to go up in flames, and Eli Drinkwitz needs to be running away from that vehicle on fire. And we'll have him put out by fire extinguisher, but still. Oh, this is like revenge of the nerds with Missouri. And what did they get, $12 million in their NIL fund today? Is that what, yes, what you said? Yes, $12 million. $62 million overall. I'm calling on every Sooner millionaire and billionaire out there now. I want you to get up right now. I want you to go to your wallets, open it, and say, I'm giving this right now half of my fortune to the Oklahoma football program. Call your bank right now, your congressman, and tell them Missouri must be stopped. You cheap. You've got enough money to last a lifetime. $5 million right now to the University of Oklahoma. Who's with me? Not me, but who's with them? I'm giving Hal Smith gift cards. So get open your wallet now and prevent this Colombian tragedy.
There is another cartel in Colombia. Freaking Eli Drinkwitz and those yahoos. Jeez. Jesse in Iowa followed up and said, thanks, Parker, for that well-spoken answer. It does make sense. I'm glad it makes sense. Uh, I I hope it would make sense. Uh, another 405 listener points out the very obvious, which is, plus, the recruit doesn't want people telling him where he's going. He wants to announce it his, himself, and there's an element of truth to that. And, look, I – I will tell you, this is why I encourage you to subscribe to OUinsider.com. Because for eight bucks a month, guess what? You get all of the wall to wall reporting on each of these kids. And the big, one of the big issues is that because these predictions get aggregated onto social media and stuff, people think they can see and keep track of all that's going on without a subscription to a recruiting site and by simply paying attention on social media, which is not true. And it's something that's been pointed out by numerous of our members. Hey, I, you know, I wouldn't know that this is going on or I wouldn't have known or been able to appreciate this detail if I just followed this recruitment on Twitter. And <laughs> going back to the whole williams Winery thing, man, that's because that recruitment cost me dearly. Right, like there's some people. I made you give a percentage. I feel really bad about that. There are some people that still haven't forgiven me for getting that one wrong, and that's something that happens in the recruiting. Hey, Sometimes you get one wrong. It happens. Can't yeah. can't bat a thousand. Tie your Mrs. Putts and majors every now and then, you know. Yeah, so but look, happens. like you can't stay abreast of all that is happening in recruiting if you simply follow along on social media true and i'm i i think over the course of this segment what i hope i did is pulled back the curtain for some of y'all at least a little bit and gave you a look at what goes on behind the scenes that maybe you don't see if all you do is log into twitter and see oh look there's a future cast for this kid yeah there's more depth to it and there's a little more nuance to it so but i want to continue my rant for what all right as we go into a break I want you to go to your window right now, open it, and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this Missouri bull anymore. Open your wallet, open your hearts, and donate. Do you want to lose to Eli freaking Drinkwitz and those clowns? You're the University of Oklahoma. You had them stuffed in a locker. Guess what? They broke out, and now they're walking around flexing on you. This has got to be stopped. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. It is a Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Hour number two again. We uh, thank Black Thunder Roofing. Black Thunder Roofing, 405-473-8028. Online at Black Thunder Roofing. Dot com. Wyndham Clark won the uh, AT&T. They cut it short because of weather. Was initially at Oklahoma State, finished his career at the University of Oregon collegiately. Already has a major in his back pocket. And uh, that was the U.S. Open last year. And uh, now I see that, is it he and Victor Hovland? No, Xander Shoffley. Pulled out of the Phoenix event, and there's some speculation that Hovland maybe live golf. Victor Hovland is one of the best dudes out there on tour. Love that guy. And eventually his major is coming. Um, somebody was asking me on Twitter or on uh, 
the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What about Hoblin? We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, you know, I'm old. I don't like change. It's, uh, you know, but eventually, obviously, I think the tours are kind of going to come together, and they're, they've already started to move in that direction. You saw Rory, who I think was used by the PGA Tour. Uh, and then some people really had a bad thought for a while on Rory McIlroy, but it looks like he's probably going to be live bound. So now that the stigma of selling out has kind of been lifted, you know, you can't blame whether it was Taylor Gooch or whoever, and you can talk about blood money. But when you have a chance to get generational wealth like that, a lot of people are going to say yes. A lot of people are going to say yes. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Sean wants to know, going into spring, who has the better roster, OU or Mid-Zoo? You would say OU the better overall roster. I would. But maybe, you know, with what Missouri has coming back, with Luther Burden, of course. Um, Missouri has the best player. Yes. And that is Luther Burden. OU has a better overall roster. You have to go to Columbia, though. Which is, you know, when Missouri has their best team in, like, forever, then you have to right, go to Columbia. Sure. When when was the last time you were at a game in Columbia? I have never been. I never really? went to the col- game in col- Columbia. It was one of those places I've never been. Now, I've been there for, like, the old Big 8 Skyriders tour and everything, and for basketball, but for some reason, never football. Really weird. So, anyway. All right, 405-651-3439. Mark in Newcastle says, back in the day, I faxed, I faxed a Xerox copy of my butt to the fax line with Big Gout's face perfectly centered on it. That earned a five-minute tirade from BG about being childish. I'm still wounded. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Those were the days back in the day. What's that? <laughs> Real funny, Yardbird. <laughs> All right, eight three two. What's the eight three two saying? Steely, it doesn't matter how much money our big donors give to the football program. It's been proven that we are not going to outbid anyone to get an elite player. That's not a shot at anyone. It's just facts, based on the last two years of us losing recruits and those already on the team. You think that's one hundred percent accurate? It's, it's it's probably in the ballpark no, of accurate. Well, it's, or what? There is truth to it. It is not a hundred percent accurate. Basically, the way it goes with Oklahoma and players that you would categorize as elite is Oklahoma has this, they've got a ceiling, and they're not going to go any higher than that ceiling. Now, if the bidding war extends beyond that ceiling, Oklahoma will effectively say, nope, we're done. Now, to that point, though, if Oklahoma accumulates more NIL funding, to the point where they have a significantly increased capacity for spending, then that ceiling for each individual player rises, right? So basically what I'm getting at is, and I'm going to use these numbers and they're completely arbitrary, so please do not take them as indicative of anything. But let's just say that Oklahoma's got, what, $9 million in the bank right now for NIL? Because of the fact that they pay everybody on the roster, let's say you have a top-flight defensive lineman getting the transfer portal. Or not top-flight. Let's say he's been a contributor. He's been a contributor at the Power 5 level 
Not a star, but a starter. And let's say your ceiling with a $9 million NIL budget is $300,000 for that player. Now, let's say the ceiling gets raised. I'm sorry, let's, let's say Oklahoma's capacity for spending increases because of an increase in NIL funding to perhaps $15 million, right? Now, you're not going to take the extra $6 million and go, we're going to go get the absolute best offensive tackle or best quarterback or best wide receiver available in the transfer portal, and we'll pay however much money it takes to get that player. No, but what you might be able to do, because your budget has increased by 60-plus percent, is now instead of having the capacity to pay $300,000 for that particular player, you can now pay $500,000. And that could be the difference. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how it all plays out in the long term. But you are going to a conference now. It's like going into the five families with the mafia. They will, uh, you know, you've you've got to uh, you've got to punch back. You got to have some muscle, you know, because they're going to be throwing money around in that conference. There is no doubt. And again, we'll see uh, what wins out of the end. Is it total nil? And let's pay everybody. I'm talking about exorbitant amounts or trying to do that within keeping a good culture. You know, Missouri's pushing it all in. They're pushing all the chips in, it looks like, for this year. So is Ole Miss. All right, 405-651-3439. One more before we get to a break. KANBA says, give to the OUNIL fund because mid-zoo is a terrible thing and must be stopped in our generation. I agree. And people, by the way, there was I was being a little bit facetious there. That was my impression of Howard Beale in the movie Network back in the day. Older reference lost on uh, younger listeners. I get it. But one of the great scenes when Howard Beale went crazy on the network news. And it was very much foreshadowing of what it is today because his ratings went through the roof. So they made him just a crazy news anchor. And that is what X became and Insta became and every other social media platform became a bunch of Howard Beals yelling. Maybe not a bunch, but enough. All right. We're going to take a time out right here. 405-651-3439. 651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, more texts rolling in. We're going to get locked in, top of the hour. Parker and Tyler McComas, hope everybody's enjoying a great Monday. The weather looks pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, about 55 degrees and sunny here. In God's country, Norman, Oklahoma, we're coming right back. How did the uh, little wimp and uh, nerdy kid Finally get out of the locker back in the day. It was always rich daddy coming right to the principal or the uh, school board. I want all these killed, these kids killed for putting my son in that locker, basically. Or at least given indefinite suspension. And that's how little Timmy got out of the locker and started flexing on everybody because he knew rich daddy could take care of him. Right? That's Missouri now. Order must be restored. How do you propose we do that? Put Missouri back in the locker. That's how you do it. You have to go to Columbia and put them back in the locker. So you have to physically go to Columbia to make that happen. Well, you know, 
figuratively, I guess, you can go and just kick their butt on the football field. <laughs> but, of course, Missouri's got their best team in, like, 90 million years because they've always been mid-zoo with some occasional great players mixed in. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You want to go there? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do it. I think we can close out there. Jeff from OKC says, can the ref do a K-Love slash PBS-style pledge drive for NIL? What was that? I'm sorry. I just got a text from somebody. (laughs) Can the ref do a K-Love slash PBS-style pledge drive for NIL? Why not? If you would like to contribute to Oklahoma's NIL fund, please call 405 65 wait no that's the text line 405-329-9000 it's been so long since we took a call i almost forgot the number there you go 405-329-9000 to pledge $69 towards Oklahoma NIL do you think on those telethons that they were always hey man we got to make it look like there's some action going on here just call me right now you know with the phone oper the phone banks cuz they're always ringing and I think it was just some dude sitting there talking to, like, his girlfriend or something. Yeah, okay. Let's talk another 30 seconds. I'll hang up. I'll act like I'm writing something, and you call me back. Okay? Sound good? Thanks. But, yeah, why not? Why not? All right. Thanks again to Black Thunder Roofing for sponsoring uh, our second hour today. 405-473-8028. 405-473-8028. Uh, let's get a few more in. It's called the Teddy Fund. Donate $69. Exactly. <laughs> there would be no more effective pitch man than Teddy Lehman. KW918 asks, does OU paying everyone on the roster help or hurt long term? I think it means you'll always have quality depth, but won't have the game changers like Luther Burden that make you elite. Am I wrong? I I mean, I guess the jury's still out to an extent. The jury right? is I mean, still we, out. We, we need a bigger think, sample size. I think you're wrong. K-Dub. I do. Because obviously we kind of understand what happened with the whole Caden Green fiasco. But if it was as simple as, well, you can't play any, or you can't pay this elite player, he's going elsewhere now, then Peyton Bowen wouldn't be a Sooner right now. Right? Jackson Arnold wouldn't be a Sooner. Gavin Sawchuck wouldn't be a Sooner. Deion Burks certainly wouldn't be a Sooner. He would have gone down to the 40 acres and been a Texas Longhorn. So yeah, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. But I think you're right. Brent is trying to maintain a culture, and you know, also affect these kids in a life beyond football. He's trying to do that in an, a new era of college football, like we've never seen, and we just don't know the end result yet. We do know that some of those who've been throwing a lot of money around hasn't worked out. A and M, Miami. Um, Oregon's a little bit of a different story because they've always had money, but now it's just they can. It's a, a lot more out in the open. So yeah, and KW and I want to. I, I guess to your question, if if your definition of game changer is somebody like Luther Burden, that's a very exclusive group in college football. He's one of, I would say, one of the ten best returning players in college football in twenty twenty four, maybe one of the top five. He is exceptional, and players of that ilk aren't in the transfer portal hardly at all, so you're not just going to be able to go find that guy hanging out in the portal waiting for you. Who's responsible for him getting away from OU? Because he was committed to OU. 
There's a very, very good use of the cough button right there. I had to. Nobody it knows just, you cough. It just except happened. Except for me. Well done. Thank you. It was rather seamless. What was the question again? Who is responsible for Luther Burden reneging on his commitment to Oklahoma because he was committed to Oklahoma at one point? He was. Who blew it? I don't think anybody blew it. You think there was some pre-NIL money involved? No comment. Hmm. See the set. Who are the? There were two others. The second I say, Hudson what I want was to say. one, and who was the other one? Well, it was Burden, Burden Hudson, uh, and Talon Shetron. Shetron, that's right. The second I say what I want to say, Sealy, about Luther Burden's recruitment, I'm going to have Mizzou fans all over me, and I don't want that. I've had Mizzou enough fans of that are for listening one to lifetime. Us? Are they listening to us? No, but they have ways of yeah. digging things up. I have no doubt that the second I said exactly what I wanted to say about Luther Burden's recruitment, that Missouri fans would be blowing it up on social media by the end of the day. They would have found it somehow. Probably have a mole listening to these airwaves right now. The Midzu people. They're just, again, never won anything, act like they've won everything. Spartan Sooner says Gentry Williams will shut Luther Burden down this season. Yes, maybe if he can keep that shoulder healthy. Maybe. Somebody put this is not to be read over the air. What? What is yes. this? Now I'm curious. Like, what? You can read it if you want. I mean, the, the listener specifically instructed that we not read this over the air. So. All right. I get it, William. I get it. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive, my man. I promise. I'm just, you know, it's it's just an, a bad analogy. All right. Um, we have time for one more, don't we? We got time for a couple more. Chapstick says, does it really matter what A&M does? They're just a 7-5 and five program. Mostly have been and mostly will be in the future. I'm, I'm just annoyed at the, uh, the new flies at, at the picnic, the Missouri fans, that are just buzzing and like, get picnic. away. Jeez, you know. That's who I'm annoyed at. I, I don't even think about A&M right now. May, uh, you know, but we'll see. All right, before we get out of here, I want to thank our friends at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Justin, the crew over there, Reed, Alicia, they're awesome. Christy, best promotions, best bars and dining, amazing hotel. If you haven't walked through the hotel, if you haven't stayed over there at the hotel attached to the casino, it is immaculate. It's real. It's spectacular. Uh, nearly 3,000 electronic games now. They've got the best selection of electronic games, the brand-new Designed gaming floor. It's been around, what, five, six months now? Looks unbelievable. A little longer than that, actually. But if you haven't been over there, it is, it's awesome. And uh, they've got all your favorite table games as well. Tremendous poker room, off-track betting, Skyloft gaming area upstairs attached to the casino. Oasis gaming area. If you want to go smoke-free, there's an area called the Oasis gaming area. They've got great dining options. River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Big time food court and shows back at the Showplace Theater, which has been awesome. Next up, Scotty McCreary, Friday, February 23rd. In March, the comedy of Jay Leno and Jim Gaffigan. In April, Ryan Bingham, Kip Moore. And in May, Chelsea Handler, Brantley Gilbert. More great shows to come. Get out there, play with your wild card today and tomorrow. Rack up some extra innings 
extra innings, extra entries for the big 80K winning resolutions giveaway on Friday night. Everybody have a marvelous Monday. We'll see you.